Before we launch you guys into episode 13 of Adversity University featuring our guest Mark Sample, we wanted to make a quick note to our fans that in order to do this interview, Sean and Garrett interviewed Mark at a rink over the past week while at a hockey training camp. So there may be some pucks, whistles, and Zamboni noises during the interview, but don't be alarmed, it's all a part of the experience. Share this episode and our other previous episodes too, so Garrett and Sean can do their interviews in a private studio for maximum listening pleasure. Love you guys and enjoy the episode. Thank you for tuning into Adversity University, episode 13, and welcome to class. Hey everybody, this is Sean. Today we have another great guest, someone that we've gotten to know pretty personally. I just met him this year, but Garrett's been working with him for a long time, so I'll let Garrett kick it off with his introduction. Yeah, so Mark Sample's been my goalie coach since I was 12 years old, um, so for 12 years now. And what an unbelievable guy, to be quite honest with you. He kind of put me on the track uh, to end up being where I'm at now, a Division One goaltender, um, luckily drafted by the Anaheim Ducks in the NHL. and. He was a big part of that. Uh, he's an honest and truthful man. And uh, when I was 12 or 13, he had a pretty serious conversation with me that uh, I needed to figure it out and um, take my conditioning, my nutrition, my rest, workouts, school, everything in life more seriously if I wanted to make this dream become a reality. And, um, you know, obviously I, I listened to what he said, but just an unbelievable human being. I think you guys are going to really enjoyed this interview. He got a lot more emotional than I expected. And for knowing Mark for 12 years, there's a there's a few things that I didn't really know about him that I learned through this interview. And it, it made me look up to him a lot more than I did before and respect him a little bit more. Uh, Sean, what were your thoughts on Mark? Well, I'm really thankful that you introduced me to Mark. Like I said, I just got to know him this summer. And I'm not a goaltender, so he really has you know no reason to be nice to me. I'm not going to start paying him for lessons or anything. but. He's been absolutely fantastic to me. He's so respectful. He's old school a little bit, you know, he'll get on his goalies if they need a kick in the ass. Like you said, he helped put you in the right direction, but he really just genuinely cares about everyone else. He always said, he almost didn't do the interview because he goes, it's not about me. It's about the people that he's helping. And like Garrett said, the thing that I love doing these interviews for is you learn a lot about people. It's really easy if you find someone famous to look up, oh, they've achieved this, they've accomplished that. Hearing people's, you know, darker times and darker stories, I think it builds a bond so much more. Just discussing those things, putting them out in the open and letting them know that there's a mutual respect and we can almost become part of a support group. We always talk about support groups, how they help you through those tough times just listening to people is really so helpful and I think everyone can benefit from hearing stories like this and it kind of makes you see the bigger picture that you know everything's going to be all right and you're not going through the worst thing right now there's always someone who has it worse than you so um, like I said I was really grateful to listen to Mark and happy that we know him now. Yeah, I think just doing these interviews too, especially with people that we know, at least that I've realized, it gives you a different perspective on them too. Like maybe why they do certain things, you know, a certain way or the way they are. Are they a little bit more quiet? Are they a little bit more 
uh, you know, do they speak a little bit louder? Like, and you kind of can connect the dots after hearing all their stories. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I did know about Mark Sample, and there's a lot that I learned through this interview. And I'm just very fortunate and grateful to have known Mark for as long as I have. And um, he treats me like one of his own and just an unbelievable guy. Let's kick it on over to Mark Sample. For all you listeners out there that don't know where Garrett and I began our hockey journey, it was with the Colorado Rampage, where a list of other notable alumni also began their career as young student athletes. Colorado Rampage's AAA hockey program is currently accepting registrations for their tryouts and identification camps to find elite players and people looking to play AAA hockey and take their career to the next level. The Rampage play in the Tier 1 Elite League, which is one of the best AAA leagues in the country. This is where your players will get to showcase their skill in front of scouts for the best junior teams, colleges, and even professional teams in North America. We would encourage anyone between the ages of 12 and 18 who are looking for a place to develop and start their hockey career the same way we did to send an email to play AAA at coloradorampage.org to get more information. That's P-L-A-Y-A-A-A at C-O-R-A-M-P-A-G-E dot org. You can also visit their website at www.corampage.com. Be better today than you were yesterday and join the herd. Today we are thrilled to be joined by a personal friend of Bull Sean and I's. He is a highly accomplished goalie coach who co-owns In the Crease Goalie School, where he has coached multiple Division I goalies, NHL draft picks, uh, NHL players including Curtis McElhaney, uh, other Division I stars such as Phil Cook. He is a master level five coach with USA Hockey. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by Mark Sample. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, growing up in Southern California, it's a non-traditional hockey market. How did you get started in hockey? Well, the first game I ever went to was in 1975. I watched the uh, Los Angeles Kings and the Philadelphia Flyers in a matinee game. Um, and from that point on, I've loved the game. Um, my parents dropped me off at a rink and I started an introductory class playing, <clears throat> learning how to play hockey. And um, I've been playing ever since. How did you become, sorry to get off topic, if you grew up in California and you grew up going to LA Kings games, how did you become such a Boston Bruins fan? So my best friend on my first hockey team, I went over to his house and he was a Boston Bruin fan. And I walked into his room and it was a Boston Bruin shrine and I've been a Bruins fan ever since. I probably should be a Kings fan, but I'm a Boston Bruin guy through and through. I guess you can't go wrong either way. The Bruins and the Kings have been very good the last few years. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So diving into a little bit, how did you, you know, after you're done with the game, how did you get into, uh, you know, coaching goalies and why did you want to get into coaching goalies? I think my biggest thing about it was when I was coached, which is totally different from the this generation, you do this because I tell you. And the reality is, I wasn't a very good player. I loved the game. Uh, I really didn't become a real good student of the game until I could drive. And I literally drove all over Southern California playing in men's hockey leagues. And I eventually got good enough that people would pay me to come play in drop-in games all over the state of Southern California. So from about 16 until about 20, I learned how to play the game basically by being a student of the game. Um, and then when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time at the end of the bench watching and going, God, that seems neat. And, that, and I just really was enticed by being able 
to understand the game, how to break it down into small pieces. And I think that's one of the qualities that I have is that um, a perfect example is I, I worked with Jonathan Waugh. And Patrick would literally look at me and go, I don't understand how you teach this when you played at this level. And I went, Patrick, you were a genius. I was just some guy. So I really have done my part in my research. I volunteered my time with goalie camps. I was a guest instructor at GDI with Ian Clark, who's my God and mentor, who's now the Vancouver Canucks goaltending coach. Um, I've, I've been to Trechiak's camps as a guest instructor and just learned as much as I could so I could become the best goalie coach for my, my students. Um, but I started coaching goalies at 21 years old and now I'm 53. Yeah, this isn't hockey related, but the best teachers sometimes aren't the best at that craft. I know that a lot of complaints that students have is in college, teachers don't take courses on how to become a teacher. They're very good at physics themselves but they don't know how to teach other people. So you're obviously a very good communicator. Where do you think you sort of built those skills? Well, thank you. I don't think I'm that good of a communicator. I just am very simplistic. When I talk, it doesn't matter if I'm working with an eight-year-old or my 65 two-time recovering leukemia patient as a goalie, I try to talk to them like they'd want to be talked to. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm very, I'm very upfront with my students. If they don't understand what I'm saying, I need to figure out a way for them to understand. It's not my student's job to understand me. It's my job to make sure they understand what I'm trying to project to them at whatever level they're at. I mean, again, I, I love coaching my little eight-year-old and I love coaching Garrett Metcalf and everything in between. And I think I do a real good job of trying to figure out where they're at in their space. Yeah, I, I love that Sean said that because I think that a lot of times people think that you have to be a great player in the game to be a great, a great coach. And I've heard multiple stories of players that were great that aren't great teachers because they were so gifted and so talented at whatever sport they were playing. It's hard for them to relate to some of the struggles that the other players face. So you can't, they can't really like teach you how to get through that because when, when they were in that situation, it came so naturally to them. So it's awesome you've learned how to you know, grind through that and figure out how to study the game. And, and one of I, or one of the qualities I think is the strongest of yours is you can teach the same thing to an eight-year-old kid as you can to a, you know, 20, 21, 23-year-old person. And you find out and you've really gotten good at how to talk to the different individuals based on their age, their personality, their character, and finding out what makes them tick as a person to get that through. Um, and it's been really cool to be a part of and just, you know, is if I, if I've grown, I've been with you since I was what, 12, Yeah. you know, 24 now. So we've been together for 12 years and obviously our dialogue and the evolution of the game has just continued to go on and you've always continued to grow and learn and adapt to the new, uh, I guess, evolution of the game of goaltending. And it's been fun to be a part of for sure. So an important part in my mind of being a good coach is always reflecting on yourself. And I know that you've had some struggles in your life. Um, you battle weight loss a little bit. Would you mind talking about that? How you stay motivated? I know you're on a keto diet right now. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> I, I, my entire life, I struggled with weight loss and being, being too heavy. Um, I was picked on in school at elementary age. <clears throat> I, um, it, it's, it's my biggest battle that I've 
my entire life. And so back in 2008, I had gastric bypass. And literally within nine months later, I went from 288 pounds to 155 pounds. And uh, the office that I went to literally said I, it was the fastest weight loss of anybody they've ever had in their office. And um, so I kept, I kept the majority off. 90% of the people that have this surgery are not disciplined enough to keep it off. So we're now 12 years later, I'm not 285 pounds, I'm 240 right now, but it, I'm coming to the realization with age, like I wanna be around to see your guys' kids grow up and play hockey. I wanna, I wanna experience, you know, my, my grandson who I just adore. I wanna see him grow up and I don't wanna die being a fat guy when I know I can control it. So, sorry to get a little emotional, but it's, it's, um, it's been a struggle. So, you know, I, I haven't told a lot of people about my inner demon, but I've got to figure it out. I want to be around for you guys. I want to be around for my grandson and my kids, you know. I think one of the biggest things, though, too, is you should be proud of yourself and the accomplishments that you've made. I know that you had that surgery and you got down to, uh, you know, a pretty unbelievable weight in a certain amount of time. And um, you're obviously not where you'd like to be right now, but you're not back to the same spot and you are trying to make changes. You're on the diet you are right now. Um, so you should be proud of yourself for what you have accomplished and don't look at it as a negative thing that you lost a lot of weight and you gained some of it back. Like well, it's an everyday fight and you're fighting it every single day and you just need to be focused on being better every day. Well, <clears throat> again, the game is not about me. And one of the people I'm very, very proud of that I did make an impact in him trying to figure out was Garrett Metcalf. I literally, he and I kind of grew up together and I hammered him about not eating fried, not eating bread, not doing soda pop. If you wanted to play at a certain level, he had to make those ultimate sacrifices. And it's, it's, it was amazing that you, I think I did help you kind of, you know, guide you in that right, right path. You know, the sad thing is, is I wish I had, and they didn't need to become superstars, but I wish I had made more of an impact when it came to that with other kids. Because I've seen, like, all of my sons never figured it out. Never figured it out. Um, I've had, I could probably less than 5% of the kids that I've worked with truly figured out the next level of working out and conditioning and the whole bit. And I kid, I kid a lot of kids around now that, hey, if you want to be a goalie coach, you can go right straight to being a goalie coach. If you don't want to make the sacrifice to work out and do what you need to do. Yeah. So. Something you do a really good job with is goal setting. Um, I know that right now you have a little bit of a reward system for yourself when you meet these goals and you know every 15 pounds you lose, just a little treat, just something to keep you on the right path. Um, where did you learn that goal setting could be so helpful? You know, I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, everybody has things that motivate them. And whether it's, you know, you get a treat, a, a treat of some sort, or treat yourself to some sort after a certain amount. It's, you know, um, I, I just feel like everybody needs to be rewarded for how hard they work. Um, simple as, you know, a kid working all summer long. I, I have a really beautiful little 14-year-old goalie who worked his butt off from the middle of March all the way 
to now, and he makes the Thunderbirds U14 AAA team. Uh, that kid came from Banham A hockey to U14 AAA hockey, and that kid was on the ice with me three to four times a week. He makes the sacrifices to work out. I see him riding his bike. I see him playing with his dogs. I see him being an active kid, and I worry about kids these days that are not active and are just sitting at home playing video games. So, I want to backtrack a little bit. I don't know verbatim exactly what you said, but you said that you wish you could, you know, you could help other kids figure it out as much as the, whatever you said, 5% that figured it out. And one thing that I think is really hard with that because you're the same with every single kid. It's just whether or not it takes in their mind or not. Or they so take on the message. Yeah, for like, sure. But like I don't think it's message. fair for, for you to say to yourself that I wish I would have done more than the 5% because Realistically, you're with these kids for what one percent of their or their day, maybe right. even even less than that. Right, right. And you've had a big impact on their life, whether you realize it or not. And not every person's going to figure it out. You could give the smartest person or any person all the tools in the world, but if they're not willing to take those tools and use them in all the right places, it's not going to pan out. But you give every single kid a chance to be the the best version of themselves and. I think it's important to note too that you're not only like this with hockey like for you you're gonna love a kid that doesn't make it in hockey as much as a kid that plays division one or pro hockey like it makes no difference to you you treat that person equally as a human um, and based off how they are as a person Absolutely. so I think that's something you should be proud of thank you I appreciate it I think that there's also a cultural aspect to it obviously Garrett says it all the time the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree but at the same time there's that balance where you don't want parents coaching from the car, right? And coaching from the sidelines. What do you think that balance is? How does a parent push their kid in the right direction without you know, abusing that power and almost burning their kid out of the game? Well, you know, we, we this weekend, we are at a very high level invitational camp. And I can tell you that I know of parents that are in this camp that are going to destroy their kids from the inside out. And there is nothing any of us instructors can do. So I get to a point, usually when they get to about the 15 through 17 range, where I have those heart to hearts with parents and with kids. And one of the hardest things for me to do is to look the parents in the eye and go, we're done, we're done. There's nothing more I can do. You're not." You don't trust the process and you're not, in, you're not allowing your kid to have a clean journey. And if you don't allow me to help you with nine to 53 years of experience in playing and coaching this game, I don't know where else you're gonna get it from. And I'm not, I don't have all the answers, but I do know I have more answers than any goaltend, average goaltending parent. I know that for a fact. And if I don't have the answer, I, I surrounded myself with really unbelievable people like Tim Lorenz, Cam Clemenson, I can call Ian anytime I want, I can call Garrett, I can call Evan Cowley, I can call Curtis and say, hey, I'm stumped. Will you please help me with this issue? Will you please take on a 30-minute phone call with this parent? Because maybe I don't have all the answers, but I, I, I try my best to try to project that message to those, to those kids and parents. It's funny you say that because uh, when we played for Coach Andrew Sherman, 
used to always say, I'm not better than you, I'm just more experienced than you are. And I think that's exactly what you're attesting to. You've been through it with so many goalies, you've been through it with so many parents, and you've seen both sides of the coin. You've seen guys that have figured it out and made it to be successful, and you see the guys that haven't figured it out and haven't you know, done anything with the game. And both ways are fine. Like, whatever you wanna do in your life, like find what you love and give it your all. That doesn't necessarily have to be hockey. But for the kids that do want to, you know, take that route and that path, you've seen it both ways. So I can understand how as a coach that would be really frustrating that, you know, you've seen it over the years multiple times and you've seen all these patterns of the successful kid. This is what they do. This is what they do. And the parents are like, well, I'm not going to do that with my kid. I can imagine that that's frustrating because you've seen it firsthand. Well, and Garrett, I've seen kids that have more talent than you that never figured it out. And it, it broke my heart that I could not... I couldn't figure out a way to get them to understand the message. And I can tell you, I, you know, we're in a society nowadays that it's easier to blame everybody else in the world and point the finger at yourself and to take responsibility. And that's one of the things that I grind into every one of my students. When something goes wrong in your life, point the finger at yourself, look yourself in the mirror and go, what could I have done? And our, and our total cultures, every, it's your fault, it's your fault, and especially now with everything that's going on in our lives, everybody's kind of had to step back and go, geez, come on, where are we at? What, what are we doing, you know? Yeah. yeah, and when it comes down to it, I think you have to look at the big picture too. So people get so frustrated with, oh my God, like I'm not on the AAA team this year. Well, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be next year? That's how you have to set those goals because if you let failure just sit on your shoulders, you're not gonna keep working hard. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm just a double A goalie. Why would I do this extra rep? Why would I you know, watch extra film, do the extra little things? I think you have to treat yourself at the level you want to be at, not the level that you are at. I know right. that you have a lot of really high-end shooters shooting on really young goalies. And you always say, I'm not coaching you for this year, I'm coaching you for where you wanna go right. and where you wanna be. Well, my famous, my famous saying in life is, it's the struggle that makes us great, you know? And if I, I several times in some of these games when these younger guys are coming up this weekend at our top eight camp, and these poor 13 to 14 year olds are getting ripped up by NHL draft picks and, you know, college D1 guys, I just look at them and go, I just want you to know, if they weren't ripping you up, I would find people to push you and challenge you to rip you up. And I said, I'm not upset with you, but I told you the things that I'm expecting out of you. I told you the things that are, are good goals, bad goals, and where we're at, and just go out and compete in battle, you know? So. I love that saying. I'm glad that you said it. The struggle, it's the struggle that makes us great. I was going to try to push you into saying that, so I'm glad that you um, decided to talk about it. And talking about the struggles and getting away from the game of hockey a little bit, um, you can you can attest to this, but arguably the hardest thing you've ever had to go through um, was losing your son when he was 18 years old. He is now um, in prison for the rest of his life. Can you talk a little bit about that and how, as a father, you got through that situation, maybe a little bit of your support group, um, what you did to go through that um, obviously terrible experience? Well, so <clears throat> my son was barely two months um, past the age of 18 years old and he was struggling where he was at and he hung out with some really really bad people and um, one night uh, he got a call from those guys 
to go pick him up and um, drive him to go get something to eat. What he didn't know is they were going to rob a Burger King in Arvada, Colorado. They pulled up through the drive-through. One of them put a gun to his head and said, you stay here, don't say a single word or I'll kill you and your entire family. They jumped through the um, drive-through window, blow the lady away at the front counter, stole less than $200. They drive, he had, he had to drive him to the bus stop and then, then they went in their own way my son Mark Jr. went another way and the reality is he was basically an accessory to murder. He didn't know anything about where they were going, what they were doing, but in Jefferson County they basically the, the chances one of my one of my disappointments in the whole thing is, you know, we tried to get an attorney in the whole thing and basically the attorney told us in a nutshell, five hundred grand up front and the chances of getting him out are less than 2%. So I live with some guilt, which I probably shouldn't, um, that I didn't nut up. Um, but, there's, but there's truly nothing that I could do. Um, and I just had to accept it. Um, my, I guess my own mental kind of block is he'll call the house and talk to his mom. I can't do it. I just can't. I, I just can't do it. I it it puts me into a tailspin, um, like no other. Um, so it's going to take a little time for me today to recover. Probably go eat lunch by myself for a little bit. Just I don't like talking about it. Um, but he he chose his path in life, just like I tell my students. Um, you choose your path in life. And if you decide to go right, great. If you decide to go left, you're going to pay the consequences when you're over 18. As soon as you turn 18, you make a bad choice, you're going to pay for it. And, uh, you know, we, his mother and I hope someday he comes out. But what the heck is he going to do at 33 years old being a convicted felon? It's going to be pretty hard for him to survive in this world. Um, and I don't know if it's guilt that I feel, but... It, I've made such an impact on so many kids' lives, but I feel like at times I've sacrificed my own family for doing it. Um, my daughter's gone through some issues, um, and, and you know, um, we've just had as a family we've made sacrifices. To the amount of coaching that I've had to do. The, the time away from home, um, you know, for 13 straight years, um, I would be gone seven days a month out in Salt Lake coaching goalies out there. Um, Walkaway through all the Kodota stuff, and I, I, I don't have to do that anymore. Uh, I've made a kind of a choice that it's better to go on a different path. I have lots of beautiful people in Utah that will come out to Colorado now, so, yeah. Yeah, you've built up that resume over a long time that people really trust you, and like you talk about the process, it's not only as a player, it's as a coach. You have to build people's trust, and you know, off the beginning, you're not gonna be able to say, oh, I have Garrett Metcalf since he was how old, nine? Yeah. 
I've had Garrett Metcalf since he was nine and now he's an NHL draft pick. I'm a good coach. So how do you gain people's trust in the first couple of years of starting a business to say, I am a really good goalie coach. You just have to give me a chance. You know, I, I, I think with, with anything, being real with people is the best, best policy. And when I was 21 years old, I was an okay coach. When I, um, every year I've gotten better and better. And like, for instance, if Garrett someday brings me his son for me to train, I just look him in the eyes. I don't talk about my resume and go, I'm going to build a relationship with you of trust. That will be, in return, you will then trust me. And the reality is no one will work harder for you, for a goalie, than I will for you. And and that's how I've always done it. I don't, I'm not saying now that I haven't thrown out the Garrett Metcalf, Evan Cowley card, but I really try to get kids to understand that I can help them and make them a better goalie and communicate those things and, and build, again, I call it the honeymoon period when I work with kids, that if we're gonna, we're gonna build trust for a while and then after you understand where we're at, then we're gonna, we're gonna go to another level, depending upon the age of the kid, of course. You've earned that right, though, to throw that card out there. You know, you throw out the. I remember when I was younger, it was always Jared Young was the poster boy, and yeah. he was, uh, you know, going to the national development uh, program stuff, and um, he was going to USHL camps. And obviously, when you're younger, like that's the best of the best. So, but you've trained, you know, guys like Jared, uh, you know, Evan, myself. You've trained those guys from a young age up until they get into a certain point. Like, you earned that right to to throw those names out there. Yeah, again, the game is not about Mark Sample. The game is about the goalies that I work with, and it's not about me. And I just think the more humble we are in life, the better things become. Um, but you can't sit there and tell me that you don't think that you had it or didn't play a big role in all these kids' developments, because I can sit here and say firsthand that if I didn't have Mark Sample in my life, I wouldn't be where I am in the hockey world today. And I probably wouldn't be you know, the person that I am today too. Because that's the biggest thing for me that some of the best coaches I've ever had is they're not solely focused on the hockey aspect. They're all about making good people. And right. sitting across from you, I can tell you if I didn't have you in my life, I wouldn't be sitting in the situation that I am today. Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, one of the things I do is I, in my coaching now the last 10 or so years when I sit down with new parents and we're talking and when they're about ready to write their check and give it to me I make sure very well know right up front if you're handing me a check to jump on on the ice with your kid for an hour and that is it please just keep your check it's more to me the game of hockey and the game of life is more important to me than making NHL superstars. And if I can make an impact on every person I work with, and hey, I've coached for so long, I've, I've had a few wrinkles with people. It, it happens. Um, and trust me, uh, I've lost clients over stupid crap, and I've literally walked through the door of my house and bawled my eyes out to my wife that I feel bad because I couldn't get this parent to allow me to connect the right way. And and 99% of 
my losses through the years have been because of parents, not kids. Uh, very few kids go, I don't like Mark Santa. It's parents. Because at a certain point, in that 15 to 17 range, it gets real. And parents are spending big time money to get their kids to a certain level or, or whatever. And I have, to, I have to be real with them. And it's, it is what it is, I guess. So jumping back out of hockey, um, again, we, we were speaking to you earlier, obviously, and you mentioned a drunk driving incident where you lost one of your uh, clients. Um, you lost a mother. Can you explain that story to us and yeah. you know, kind so, of the struggles of going through that? Within a three-year period, I lost a student, my mom to cancer, and, um, and then my son's best friend, which spiraled him out of control. So um, in Arvada hockey, there's a be beautiful kid who's named Nick Bellafay, and him and his brother were cutting wood up in the Evergreen Mountain, and Nick was in the back of the truck he was, I believe he was 11, 11, yeah, and they were going down a road, he popped out, his head instantly killed, um, hit a rock, they hit a rock, he fell out and instantly was killed, um, and it was never in my lifetime ever, 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 ever want anybody to go through what we went through we had to we had uh, of course we had to go to the funeral all that and to this day I, I still remember still remember uh, his mom grabbed my arm and made me go over to the viewing and it was still it's burned in my brain still to this day um, I hope I never in my whole life have to ever do that ever again so then couple years later my mom passes away from cancer um, she was my rock she was she was uh, she, I still to this day wish my mom was around I, uh, I didn't think I would get this emotional but um, she uh, she was everything she made me the man I am to be am um, she gave me the work ethic that I have um, she was an awesome lady, really an awesome lady. I um, I miss her a lot. Um, then um, got a call about a year later, and uh, my son calls me and says, "Dad, uh, I was at a party, and uh, Chase and his friend jumped into a car with a." 27 year old to go get some alcohol they were both the kids were 18 years of age and uh, on the corner of 92nd Wadsworth the guy hits the pole doing 100 miles an hour and basically kills both the kids in the back seat and he lives and of course he had six other DUIs prior to that on a suspended license in Colorado and uh so then um, my son, Mark Jr., that was his best friend. The, the ironic thing about it is they walked past him and it was not only to get alcohol, but to go get food. And for the first time, he didn't go get food with his buddies and he could have been in that car too. And um, so, you know, 
unfortunately things happen in threes and it basically within a five-year period I dealt with all that um, but I, you know we all deal with stuff you know we all have to get over it you know get through it and move through it and move on um, but it was definitely a tough five-year span for me there in those times of moving on you need other people's help we talk about the support group all the time who did you have to lean on and talk about it when the days were tough you know I, I, I hate to say this but it was my therapy my therapy was jumping on a sheet of ice at 5 a.m. working with a student it, it, the game it, me and my privates and my business my my working with kids is my therapy it really is my therapy I don't think about my life and things that I've gone through as soon as I touch that sheet of ice um, I, I, I don't know where I would be in this world if it wasn't my ability to jump on a sheet of ice. I, I, I would be in big time trouble. And thank God, through this pandemic, I met the most amazing man about a year ago who has a rink in his backyard who literally on March 13th of this year, I got three phone calls. Two were bad and one was good. And when Mark Mitchell called me and said, how much ice do you want? He has no idea how much he saved me, emotionally, mentally, financially, spiritually, I would have been in trouble. I really would. And yes, has it been a grind to go to Black Forest, to drive an hour and 15 minutes there, to get on a sheet of ice for eight straight hours and work with nine of my students and then to drive home an hour and a half? Yeah. But we've all had to make sacrifices during this time. We've all had to put our head down and grind. And I'm just not a feel sorry for a guy type of guy. Um, you got to do something about it, or you're going to cry in your, you know, cry in your lap. You got to move on. I think there's two reasons that you do it too. I think one is obviously to provide for your family and put food on the table. Obviously during this tough time, some people have lost their jobs. So you're doing anything you could to, you know, keep your family in a good uh, situation financially. But also I think you do it because you care about your clients. Um, obviously Black Forest is a little bit of a drive, but uh, now with rinks opening up and there's more ice back where you live now, up here in Arvada, you still continue to drive all the way down to Black Forest because you have clients that are down in Colorado Springs and it's less of a drive for them to go to Colorado Springs than to come all the way up here to train with you. So um, I think you're doing it for selfish but unselfish reasons at the, at the same time and I think that's very commendable. You know, I've had parents during this time drive three hours away. I've got people that are driving from Gunnison and Aspen and Vail. And I've had people flying from Seattle and they go, you know, it's not just about the training, but our kids were going crazy at home. Mm -hmm. They were like, it's been very therapeutic for them. So, yeah, it, but I think it goes hand in hand. It's been very therapeutic for all of us, you know. Um, both of you guys have spent tons of times with me there. And you, again, what would we do without getting on a sheet of ice? Holy smokes. Yeah, I think that ties almost everything we've talked about together, you know, embracing that grind and knowing it's going to be a process and having your support group because when you're working with those clients, they're the people who make you happy. And it's just awesome to see that a game can bring you so much joy, but also be so good for developing people and relationships and everything in between. 
it's funny, Ian said to me, we were walking back one day from Shattuck St. Mary's, and this was about 10 years ago, and he goes, you know, Mark, I know your goal at that time was to be an NHL goaltending coach by the age of 50. And, I, and he goes, you know what, Mark? You have no idea what an impact you make on kids and what you do is so important. He goes, you know, it'd be nice for an NHL contract, but the reality is, Mark, they, you're with them for nine months of the year. You're traveling all over. You're, they're putting you to the grind. And the reality is they force you, this is what you're doing, this is when you're doing it, and these are your two or three guys you're working for. You get to work with so many different levels and shapes and sizes and abilities. He goes, sometimes I wish I could go back to that. You know, so it used to be a goal of mine to be an NHL guy, but the reality is I have so much fun with what I do. Would it be nice to have an NHL pension? I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, but 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 the reality is is that I'm I'm very content. I'm very satisfied of where I'm in life, and where I'm at, and in the grind that we all have to do. You know. Yeah, you never know where life is going to end up taking you. So, one thing with that too, me and Sean always saying, I know that. Our listeners, I don't know how religious you are either. Me and Sean have gotten to, into religion a little bit more as we've gotten older, but we always say that God has a plan. And a lot of the times it's really hard to trust what God's plan is because we don't know what it is. And sometimes we may not know what it is for years to come, even if, if then so. But um, if you are out there, you know, struggling or going through a lot, trust that God puts people and situations in your life for reasons. And for me personally, I think it's to grow and continue to develop as people and human beings. Um, so don't don't ever give up and just keep going and know that everything happens for a reason. And at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. Yeah. We always ask our guests uh, if you could go back and give advice to your younger self, or even you know, which you do every day, but the younger generations of goaltender. What what advice would you give to them? Just be willing, again, I think we kind of reiterated it, just be willing to make whatever sacrifice, whatever you want to do in life, make sure you're doing what you can to achieve that goal. And, and if you want anything in life, you're going to have to make a sacrifice. And it doesn't matter if you're a goalie coach or a computer programmer, give it your all bust your tail to become the best at what you want to be and I, I just I, I worry about people who don't want to do that grind whatever it is you know I hope I hope everybody in life finds their niche and and uh, you know I worked in corporate America for 15 years I hated my job and I remember my father one of the few things he actually said to me that was meaningful was um, when you truly find your love and passion be when work. Well, I have. I don't work anymore. I get to coach hockey. <laughs> what better could I do, you know? A fat little 53-year-old who works his ass off doing something he loves to do, and I make really good money doing it, and I'm really content, you know? But there has to be one more goalie out there that I want, need to work with. There has to be another kid that wants to achieve his goals, so... Until I take my last breath, I'm going to do the best I can to coach any goalie that wants to be a goalie.
No, I think that's great advice. Thanks, Marky Mark. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming on. I know it was a little bit hectic because you're running your biggest camp of the yeah. year right now. Uh, we're really happy that you were able to share your story. It's an incredible story. And like we said, it's really applicable to everyone. Everyone goes through these things. Not everyone's a goalie coach, but whatever you do, you have to embrace that grind. Whatever you do, there's going to be hard times. You're going to lose people that you think you can't live without. And you have a great story and we can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank you guys, I appreciate it.